Hello and welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast, New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. My name is Ray Heron. Thank you very much for joining us for this episode. Before we go any further, please remember to hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, and share this podcast with a riding buddy of yours. If you can be bothered, we'd love for you to give us a review and uh, join us on Patreon as well. Support the show if you can or see fit to do so. Later on in the show, we're going to catch up with one half of the Bad Idea Bros, find out what they've been up to, what they're doing in the future, and what the Bad Idea Bros is all about. But right now, let's get into the latest in motorcycling news from onthrottle.co.nz First up in the news today, limited edition farewell for the Royal Enfield Classic 500. Royal Enfield has announced a limited edition farewell to the popular 500 Classic line in the Classic 500 Tribute Black and the model marking the end of the row for the firm's 500cc long stroke engine. After nearly 14 years, the Royal Enfield Classic 500 is being discontinued. This seems to be in part because of the long-stroke engine reaching its emissions development limit, as well as Royal Enfield wanting to free up production capacity for future models. Priced at $9,690 and available for pre-order from RoyalEnfieldMotorcycles.co.nz or your local dealer, just 40 examples of the Tribute Black are expected to land on Kiwi shores, with roughly 200 allocated to Australia. The first bikes are expected to arrive in dealers before the end of the month. As the name implies, the Classic 500 Tribute Black is an all-black affair with two-tone gloss and matte black tank and hand-painted gold accents. As expected for a limited edition motorcycle, each example of the Tribute Black is a numbered limited edition and features a special build plaque denoting the bike's special place in Royal Enfield's 120-year history. As for the Classic 500 itself, local distributor Urban Moto Imports acknowledges that the last of the stock of the Royal Enfield stalwart has arrived in the country with CEO Joseph Elsmar say, saying once they're gone, they're gone forever. To celebrate the end of the rather spectacular period in Royal Enfield's history, Royal Enfield dealers including Experience Motorcycles, First European Freedom Motorcycles, MCR and Wanaka Power Sports will be holding a tribute evening to the Classic 500 on the evening of July the 7th. For photos and full specs on the Royal Enfield Tribute Black, head to onthrottle.co.nz. Harley-Davidson is teasing a second revolution max-powered motorcycle. While we're still waiting to see Harley-Davidson's first foray into the adventure market arrive in New Zealand, the Pan America, the good old boys from Milwaukee are teasing the release of their second model to use the Pan America's 150 horsepower Revolution Max V-Twin. In a statement they say, following the successful launch of our first adventure touring motorcycle, the Pan America were excited to reveal another all-new motorcycle built on the Revolution Max platform in the sport segment showcasing unmatched Harley-Davidson technology, performance and style. While we are expecting Harley to replace the recently discontinued Sportster with a bike based around the 1250cc V-Twin, it sounds like they could be talking about the return of Harley-Davidson's Bronx to the future vehicle's lineup with uh, the mention of the Sport segment. Originally announced at the same time as the Pan America, the Bronx was mysteriously dropped from Harley-Davidson's future vehicle's webpage in 2020, designed as a street fighter bike to take on the European giants of the sector. However, with the bike's 
online reveal titled From Evolution to Revolution, it's likely, if not more than likely, we could be about to see the birth of the aforementioned Sportster replacement, the Sportster being the last bikes in the Harley-Davidson lineup to use the Evolution V-Twin engine. Harley has often used the Sport designation rather differently to other manufacturers after all. All will be revealed in a few weeks when Harley-Davidson holds the global virtual reveal of the new model on the 13th of July at the delightfully early time of 3am on the 14th of July for Kiwis wanting to watch. The reveal event will preview details of the new motorcycle model and will include presentations from Harley-Davidson's leadership, product experts and passionate riders who are developing and bringing to the market another powerful new motorcycle coming to the Harley-Davidson dealerships in 2021. For more information, www.h-d.com forward slash July reveal or go to onthrottle.co.nz for all the details. Matthew Day Gillard's been sitting on the couch watching a few kids' movies lately. Disney Pixar's Luca shows motorcycles in a rare positive light. Matthew writes, It's not often I find myself watching anything produced outside of motoring motorcycling circles that paints motorcycling in a positive light. But that's just what happened when I flicked on the latest kids' movie from Pixar Animation Studios, Luca. A fun tale of friendship and acceptance between all peoples, even if they they happen to be sea monsters. It's one of Luca's main plot devices that really caught my attention. Luca follows the title character Luca and his friend Alberto, both of whom are sea monsters who just happen to appear human above the water, as they do their best to find a way to make the dream of owning a Vespa and exploring the world a reality. Unlike the usual image that's painted of motorcycles and scooters being dangerous or is simply an image of counterculture, Luca portrays the idea of owning a motorcycle as something we're all very familiar with. That a motorcycle is not only a tool of transport, but also a desire for beauty and freedom. Considering we're more used to the mainstream actively discouraging kids from any involvement with motorcycles, it's a breath of fresh air to have a kids movie promote the dream of bike ownership. While the actual time with the Vespa on Luca's adventure is limited, it's prominent enough to have kids noticing scooters and bikes while out and about. As a parent and a motorcyclist, Luca is quite refreshing and I'm not going to lie, sitting on the couch and enjoying something involving bikes with my kids is a bonus as well. With the world's roads constantly becoming more crowded with cars, maybe we're finally starting to see a change that has the mainstream seeing two wheels in a more positive light. Regardless, I've thoroughly enjoyed my time so far, four screenings of Luca, with my three and one year old, and that at the end of the day is what watching kids movies is all about. Luca is streaming now on Disney Plus. These words by Matthew Day Gillett for more on throttle.co.nz. The new Piaggio electric scooter debuts swappable battery tech and this is kind of exciting. Piaggio's latest scooter makes no bones about who it's aimed at, with the Italian manufacturer debuting its new One electric scooter on the social media platform TikTok, directly targeting the youth audience it wants to entice onto two wheels. Piaggio One marks the arrival of a completely new generation of e-scooters for Piaggio. In the company's own words, the One is an e-scooter for global mobility and as such has been designed to be light and easy to ride. Piaggio also promises that the One will deliver when it comes to quality, reliability and a robust chassis for maximum riding pleasure and guaranteed safety and enjoyment. Behind the bars are a wealth of technical features including a digital colour instrumentation panel and a sensor to adapt the background light and luminosity 
to ambient conditions, full LED lights, a keyless start system, two motor maps, and the Piaggio 1 is also the only scooter in its category to provide a capacious compartment below the seat. The Piaggio 1 will be available in several different versions offering different powers, moped and scooter, and different ranges. As one of the companies recently announced as part of the Swappable Batteries Consortium alongside KTM, Honda and Yamaha, the One will be powered by an electric motor whose lithium-ion batteries can easily be extracted for recharging at home or in the office. Piaggio has high hopes pinned on the One, particularly that it will be so easy and fun that youngsters will fall in love with two wheels in the coolest way to commute. With its style, zero emissions, lightweight, brilliant performance, the Piaggio One does make a compelling case. However, as we know all too well, pricing will be the ultimate test as to whether the cash-strapped students will move to the all-electric Piaggio One in mass. For photos and full specs of the Piaggio One, head to onthrottle.co.nz and that about rounds up the news. Catching up now with one half of Bad Idea Bros on Facebook and on YouTube. You might have seen some of their exploits. Troy Shaw, g'day. How we doing? Good. Hey, welcome. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Uh, as I mentioned, Bad Idea Bros, uh, I've seen a few of your YouTube videos. Let's start from the start. Bad Idea Bros, how did the idea come about and what's it all about? Okay, so the Bad Idea Bros basically eventuated um, from a bad idea. Uh, so Chris and myself had decided that we were going to do some sort of adventure. Um, we hadn't really planned what it was going to be. Uh, I've always had involvement with motorcycles. Chris has never really ridden anything. Um, so I managed to talk him into uh, buying a small capacity motorcycle with me and the trip basically just expanded from there. So uh, we always wanted to do something a little silly, um, something that was going to test the limits and it ended up being a 3,600 kilometer adventure ride on a 150cc bike. Wow, 3,100 k's, <laughs> yeah. that's a fair distance. 600 kilometers in the end actually. Okay, so tell us the story, where'd you go? What, what happened, what were the bikes? Okay, so uh, I basically started looking on uh, Trade Me to see what sort of bikes we could get. Um, we figured sub 250cc was going to be the go uh, just because Chris had no experience on bikes and I've always had this penchant for, for small bikes. Um, it was it kind of became a thing where we wanted to prove that we could you know any bike is an adventure bike sort of thing so if if, if you want to do a trip on a 50cc scooter or something like that you can it's just you know being willing to to do the trip accordingly basically so it's obviously going to take longer than it would on an actual adventure bike but hey we proved that you can do it the bike survived and so did we so uh, yeah you can do it on anything but we basically started going through um, looking at what we could use and we we're looking at the little Aprilia ETX 150s to start with um, that didn't really fit the bill so we just kept hunting and then the keyways came up um, so I ended up talking to Shane at Scootech um, which are the guys in Christchurch that got behind us for the trip and um, negotiated to get a couple of the, the wee keyways and we were actually quite lucky that we were able to assemble the bikes from the crates so um, if you do follow the the YouTube series you can go back to the start and see us actually assemble the bikes that we did the trips on and um, yeah it sort of progressed from there so we we're both very green in regards to adventure riding all my background was basically road riding 
Um, and as I've mentioned before, Chris had essentially no riding experience other than, you know, a, a moped sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, we decided the best course of action was to get the bike sorted. Once the bikes were sorted, we needed gear. So we approached the guys at uh, Motorcycling Down Under Limited. And I will give a shout out to Dean and Adam because those guys have been absolutely pivotal in getting us um, sorted for the trip. So uh, a huge thank you to, to those guys there. And um, once we had the gear, we started doing some small rides. So... We pushed the boundaries a little further with each ride, um, initially just going down to the YMAC area and doing some you know, gravelly off-road stuff and just kept uh, pushing the boat out a little bit more and a little bit more. And then we had uh, Josh from Remote Moto jumped on board to give us some, uh, some trail notes and things like that. And that's basically how the trip started. Brilliant. Okay. Uh, and where did you go? So we started in Christchurch. Um, we did an event that was the ride out. So basically we rode out from um, this uh, Cathedral Square in Christchurch out to Littleton. Um, had a, quite a few people show up for that, so it was awesome. Um, obviously, taking donations along the way, which were for uh, men's mental health, which was the whole uh, became a big point of the ride um, in the end. Uh, Chris was involved um, with another Facebook group called Hey Bro, the Kiwi Brotherhood, and what they do is provide support um, to guys in need. So it's a, a closed group, males only. Um, basically, provides a space safe, sorry, a, um, a safe space for guys to talk about problems that they're having and issues and you know things that they need help with and we thought that um, we would help that page take the next step into providing some real world help um, by getting some funds together so what they're basically doing with those is um, it's going towards emergency counseling services um, emergency accommodation uh, what was the other thing? Sorry, there was another one which I've completely blanked on now. Um, oh, subsidising um, uh, counselling sessions for guys was the other the other facet that they were working with. So that uh, that all came about. We pushed on um, from Christchurch. We ended up heading uh, south down to well to Bluff eventually, um, which was the sort of start point of the actual ride. Um, it actually took us two days to get to what we were calling our start point. Um, some of those roads are, are very long at 80 kilometers an hour on those little 150cc bikes. So that was a, a ride in itself. Um, but from from Bluff, we we turned around and uh, went up through the Nevis and basically just kept pushing north through a whole bunch of different trails, um, some on-road sections, and made our way all the way up to uh, Papongo or Farewell Spit, um, as far north as you can go on the South Island. And that was our sort of finish point but then we had to turn around and get back to Christchurch via uh, the Rainbow and a few other rides so it was another couple of days to get from the finish point to Christchurch just in itself. Definitely sounds like an epic trip. When when did you uh, set off and how long did it take you before you got home again? So we did this ride back in February um, I think it was the 10th of February that we pushed off and 14 days later we arrived back in Christchurch. Brilliant so talk to us about the wee Kiwi uh, scooter slash bike uh, devices, devices—that even a the things, the things you were riding. Uh, talk to us about the them. things we were 
riding. So very basic little bike, um, which was a big selling point for me. Um, they had some redundancies built in. So even though they're electric start um, and have all the you know sort of features you'd expect on a, a newish bike, they still had some old school stuff like they had the kickstart, um, which was still attached and all that. So my thinking was that if the, the push button start clapped out on the ride, that we've got a bit of a you know backup with the kickstart. And they are a pretty simple bike. They're just a, a single cylinder 150cc air-cooled motor, um, carburetor and very basic electrics so um, we actually didn't have any issues per se on the ride I was expecting you know going through water and river crossings and stuff that we were doing with these things um, particularly on the Nevis there was a lot of water crossings there but they just kept going um, they're a wee Chinese made bike um, basically for the Asian Indian market um, they had a brief stint here in, in New Zealand um, but unfortunately are discontinued because they don't meet the ABS rules anymore. Um, they've got no ABS on the front. Um, but they are a super basic bike and that was what we're after. Um, basically the the easier it was to work on the bikes off uh, you know off road on trail, then the better was the, sort of the, the theory we were going with. Fair enough. And obviously they made it. Are they still ticking along? Are they still uh, rideable? Yeah, so uh, <laughs> Chris dropped his a few more times than I did, um, but that was to be expected. He's, like I mentioned, he didn't have as much experience riding as I did. Um, that being said, even though his bike was drowned and bits were broken off and such like that, we were managed. We, we really did manage to fix everything on trail that needed fixing. Um, we were doing the routine servicing and stuff along the way as well, and believe it or not, they are still going. Um, furthermore to that, we have actually modified them now that the trip's finished to to basically be what we were expecting the bikes to be. Um, so we've gone two very different ways with um, my bike and Chris's bike, but that will be coming out on season two of the YouTube channel pretty sh- soon, actually. Oh, there's a cliffhanger for you. <laughs> um, so just before we go any further then, um, where do we, if we haven't, seen the youtube channel or found the facebook channel facebook page at this point uh what do we do how do we find you okay so if you just search for the bad idea bros on youtube or facebook it should bring us up uh failing that you can google us we seem to be the top result when you google that um we link all our episodes on the facebook page and all the youtube um videos are up on the youtube channel um in chronological order so we did do a few little um, bits and pieces before the ride itself um basically you know to get ourselves used to filming because none of us had done this before so it was all very new to us but yeah it's all there so if uh, if you google or facebook or youtube the bad idea bros you should be able to find us brilliant now you're not in new zealand at the moment are you not currently no um as i'm sitting talking to you i am in uh, hobart and tasmania at the moment which is where i'm from originally so uh yeah a few little bits and pieces going on over here um which may or may not make it onto the youtube channel i'm not sure yet but we'll see <laughs> i love this it's just little teasers about stuff we don't actually do we, uh, do we know what we do we know what's going on do we we can't talk about what's going on um look i, I mean i can i can give a few bits and pieces without giving too much away um we we work with the smaller bikes um mostly but that being said uh, chris has purchased an mt07 hey! and i do ride a BM- yeah and i do ride a bmw uh, street fighter so you'll see a bit of those on the the youtube channel in season two as well but the keyways will still be there uh, as will a little later down the track a 1972 ct90 beautiful loving it so yeah 
bit of a mixed bag. Do you uh, do you get in? Are you in with the um, uh, small bike stuff team, the uh, Moped New Zealand scooter groups and stuff like that? Uh, we, with the bad idea, bros, being Chris and myself, we're sort of pretty new to all this. Um, the YouTube channel does just exist because of the first ride. Uh, it was initially just to be a place for people to to keep up with the ride and what we're doing. Uh, but to be honest, it's actually grown into its own thing and we've got an international following now, which is pretty amazing. So, you know, we've got people in the UK, the US, Australia, obviously, um, big following in the Philippines and India and people seem to enjoy what we're doing. So we're just going to keep doing it and hopefully give the people what they want. Nice one. Great to hear. Um, so you, you, you say you're from, uh, from Tasmania. I actually thought I was hearing a bit of a Southland R going on there. Have you spent any time <laughs> in, the, in the South Island, south of the South Island? Yeah, so I, I left Australia in 2008 and I've uh, lived all over the world, but I have spent, I think it was 2013 when I arrived in New Zealand, so I've been in New Zealand for quite some time. So yeah, a bit of the accent's probably worn off. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, Troy Shaw, part of the, well, half, uh, if not... Uh, Definitely half. Definitely, we'll go with half <laughs> of the Bad Idea Bros. Search them out on Facebook and YouTube. And looking forward to season two of the Bad Idea Bros coming out on YouTube in the near future. How far are we talking? A couple of weeks, a couple of months? Uh, well, the last episode of the Kiwi Ride goes live, I think it's next weekend, the 27th. And then season two will kick off the week after that. So, really soon. Outstanding. Hey, thanks very much for sharing your story on the podcast. No worries. Thanks very much for having me. And that about wraps up the show this week. Thank you very much for sticking with us throughout the show. My name is Ray here, and this is Kiwi Rider Podcast. Please, please, please do share this podcast with a writing buddy of yours and hit that little star review thing. You don't even have to write any words, but just give us a star rating on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on now. That'll help us uh, know if we're doing a good job or a bad job to start with and help other people find the show. You can always get hold of us, podcast at kiwirider.co.nz is the email address or touch base on social media, Facebook or Instagram. We're even on uh, TikTok nowadays as well. Interesting where platform that is. This is Kiwi Rider Podcast. As I said, my name's Ray Heron. Thank you very much for joining us. Keep the rubber side down, throttle on, and we'll catch you in seven days' time. Kiwi Rider.